Interested in taking a deep dive each week into a compliance or compliance-related topic? Then Compliance Into the Weeds is the podcast for you. Join Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, and Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, as they go into the weeds to flesh out a story which you can use to better inform your compliance program. Both you and your compliance program will be the better for listening to this podcast. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, Matt and I take a deep dive into a recent piece of correspondence from the CEO of Airbnb, Brian Chesky. In this correspondence, the CEO told employees that massive layoffs were coming, and he did so openly, honestly, with a lot of transparency, and as Matt and I said, gave a lot of dignity to employees who are going to be laid off. What can you learn from this? Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into how you can demonstrate values among difficult times, specifically coronavirus health crisis and the attendant economic dislocation brought on by it. Matt, first of all, I welcome and where do we find you today? Hi, Tom. Well, we have um, vaguely good news here in Boston. So the state lockdown for Massachusetts ended yesterday after 73 days. Uh, so now you can go out and uh, maybe get a haircut if you need one, which eventually I will, and uh, go to Starbucks, which I did yesterday for the first time in three months, I think. Um, and I have actually taken now to working on the very well-manicured quad of Harvard University Law School, which is a lovely place to be uh, when the weather holds. And finally, we have weather, this nice springtime weather in New England. So, uh, so at least today, it's all lining up for us. Well, just in time for the Memorial Day weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. So, Matt, you were struck by a recent letter from the Airbnb president, Brian Chesky, where he announced uh, about a 25 percent layoff of Airbnb's worldwide workforce. What struck you about this was either so powerful, so right, or just something that demonstrates values in, in an attendant very difficult time? Well, uh, there was a, a lot that I thought uh, Chesky did right in his letter which was about 1,700 words long. Um, you know, first off, he, this letter came out on May 5th, where he announced that they would be laying off 1,900 people worldwide. And so, as you said, Tom, that's about 25% of Airbnb's workforce. Um, but I think that communicating these sorts of messages, which unfortunately are becoming common, um, it is very important for CEOs to get the tone of this right and to hit the right sort of emphasis about the importance of the employees to the company's well-being, even when some of those employees are getting news that they are no longer employees. Uh, but it really gets to the empathy that leaders need to demonstrate if they want to get employees to buy into whatever vision they are trying to promote for the organization even when the vision is unpleasant, like restructuring and layoffs, um, that sort of thing gets to organizational trust and listening to leaders. This was a very big ask that Brian Chesky was imposing on his employees, and I thought he did it very well for a couple of reasons. Um, first, the message was quite clear. Um, it wasn't even quite clear. It was just it was clear. 
you know, when you've asked me about layoffs, I've said nothing is off the table. That's That was right lifted from the letter that he sent out. Today, I must confirm that we are reducing the size of the Airbnb workforce. He went on to specify exactly that they are laying off 1,900 people, 25% of their workforce. Um, he also said why this was happening. Uh, first, because Airbnb's business was terrible. Um, he said outright that revenue for this year, 2020, will be less than half of what it was in 2019. It's a fairly stark admission for a CEO to make. It's worth noting that Airbnb is still not a public company, so we don't know for sure that its revenues are the widely reported 4.8 or 4.9 billion in 2019. Um, but clearly, it's in that ballpark, and now clearly it will be less than half of that for 2020. And Chesky was very upfront saying the business has taken a huge hit. We're going to have to lay people off. Um, but even beyond that, he went into why not just layoffs might have to happen, but why they were actually happening. Um, because he had said, and again, this is something that he shared in his letter, which I thought was really something for its frankness, that Airbnb has already raised $2 billion in capital. It has already cut a lot of fixed costs, not personnel. Um, and in theory, they could probably kite some of these employees for another couple of months because they're sitting on $2 billion in cash. That could cover the payroll. But he was forthright when he said, we don't know when the travel business will return. We do know that when it does return, it will look different. So therefore, they are Jettisoning, jettisoning a bunch of strategic initiatives that Airbnb had been talking about. And like, who are we kidding? Those things aren't going to happen now. Even if they were able to happen, even if the company had the money to spend on them, they weren't good uses of the money. So Chesky was very forthright in saying, we have $2 billion in cash, but we're going to have to go in a different direction. We're going to have to lop off some of our operations to reinvest in some others. And when you net it all out, 1,900 people will not have a job at the end of this. And it was just that clarity and certainty, above all, that I thought really showed a respect for employees, even when you're telling them, I'm giving you the worst possible career news you can get, that you're out of a job. Um, and I thought that really was the right way to approach a very difficult circumstance, a very difficult thing to do, and still foster and maintain as much organizational trust as you can. So, Matt, uh, he actually went a fair amount into the weeds about the actual details of how Airbnb would support the 1,900-plus employees using their job. You also seem to think that that was significant. So I was wondering if you could just kind of go into the dignity and support you saw him literally list out in the letter. Well, uh, a lot. Um, he, for example, said that everybody would be getting severance pay equal to at least 14 weeks, which if you do the timing of it, if you announced it on May 5th, he was basically saying you're going to get enough money to cover your salary through the summer. What happens after that? Not sure. But in addition to that, um, everybody where permissible would get um, an extra week's pay for year of service. So that was a very generous severance package. Um, anybody who had any equity at all in the company, including new employees who would not be fully vested yet, they would get all of their equity right away. Um, so I believe he had phrased it that anybody who had been a part owner of the company would leave as a part owner. Um, 
what exactly did you say? I have the letter over here right in front of me here. Uh, everybody departing, regardless of how long they have been here, is a shareholder. Um, so that was a nice sentiment to say, like, you are all still part of this company as much as possible. And you know, look, Airbnb will eventually go public. Its stock probably will be worth quite a bit of money at some point in the future. So that also is going to be a nice financial hit. Um, he did say that they would be covering healthcare costs in the United States for 12 months. Uh, as anybody in the U.S. knows, healthcare coverage through COBRA is not cheap at all. So that also alleviates part of it. Um, for anybody else in the world where they could cover the health costs or they should cover the health costs, they were going to do that at least through the end of 2020. And for some employees who get government uh, health care in other nations, I, I'm not quite clear on what they get. But, you know, he's bringing certainty to these employees. Yes, you're going to get some money. Yes, your equity gets to stay. Yes, you're going to be able to have health care. Um, and then they also did something around job support, which they were creating an alumni talent directory. And I've seen a few tech companies, Uber has done this, um, where they are creating directories of laid off employees in case anybody looking for talent can just go to those talent directories and see who is out of a job, who I might be able to hire. Um, I can tell you right now, listeners, if you're looking to hire compliance people, Uber has just laid off at least 15 of its compliance staff. You can find them on Uber's talent directory. I haven't looked up Airbnbs yet, but again, trying to give as much support as possible to ease the anxiety and ease the uncertainty that employees would naturally have when they get the layoff notification. So I, I thought a lot of that just like these things matter. So, Matt, one of the things that I think matters significantly is how you are told and how you are communicated with if you are dislocated or, as we would say, in the energy business, rift. Um, and the letter went into some some detail about how the notifications would take place. But I was wondering if you had some thoughts about why it is so important on how you actually make that final communication. Well, so what Chesky was saying was that he sent out this notice to all employees, and then he said, within a few hours, those of you leaving will receive a calendar invite to a departure meeting with the senior executive in your department. Um, wherever possible, it was going to be done in a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation. So like, there is a certain amount of, you know, frankly, I guess, pride and dignity that you want to be able to maintain if you're getting laid off. And... Um, Surprisingly, I have not been laid off in my career, although I have been fired several times. Um, but uh, I think that it goes a long way. I should add, when I've been fired, I also got called in and was pri fired in private. And there's a certain amount of um, dignity that employees appreciate. This is not anything easy for a company to do. It takes time. You're asking a lot of the managers who are doing the uh, laying off. It is a very difficult process. I have had to lay people off. It sucks. It sucks for the manager. It sucks for the employee. Um, so they are asking a big thing to happen, and they are trying to shift the discomfort of that as much as they can onto the company, onto the manager. Still, most of the suckiness is going to land on the person getting laid off. I'm not naive about that, but... You know, we have seen other examples, and Tom, if you want to get into it, we can. I've seen other examples where clearly the company was looking to make this as pain-free for the company as possible, where they'd lay off everybody en masse. That's bad. 
the company was trying to make this as least awkward and painful for the employees and assume as much of that burden as it could. And that speaks to the value it places on employees. And that's just a reflection of corporate culture and ethics and values. And that's, uh, that's why it stood out to me. So I've been riffed a couple of times, and that means reduction in force, the ubiquitous reduction in force in the energy industry. And I've been riffed in two different manners, uh, one closer to the uh, Airbnb model, one closer to the other model. So um, I I have experienced both. And what uh, you ended with, Matt, which was that they tried to make this, Airbnb tried to make this as – emotionally pain-free as they could for the employee, even if it was more difficult for the company, is absolutely spot on. And I would uh, maybe uh, ask compliance officers to think about this letter, your blog post, and our podcast in the light of another direction. And hopefully it won't be viewed as too cynical by either you or our listeners, which is your company's reputation. And when things turn around, are you going to want to be seen as a place to work? And is something like this going to be a part of the calculus of either returning or new employees? Uh, I think the answer to that is yes. And I think that's one of the things that we are seeing and will see around coronavirus health crisis is that uh, with the acceleration of communication through social media, things like this message from the Airbnb uh, CEO will resonate more with uh, potential hires from a, genera- a new generation of employees than the other way you mentioned, which is just the mass firing going forward. Do you have any thoughts on that one way or the other? Well, uh, better than that, you know, I have an example I would like to call out of how not to do this, which was Weight Watchers. And some of you might have already heard this lately that Weight Watchers fired at least 3,000 people the other week in a three-minute Zoom call. Now, first, I say at least 3,000 people because we don't actually know because the company hasn't actually said. Uh, could be 3,000. Some employees are saying it was closer to 4,000. But the company didn't put out a statement specifying a number. Whereas Brian Chesky at Airbnb flat out did. Um, the Zoom call itself was audio only. That is a minor face saving gesture. At least people weren't looking at each other when their whole team was getting fired. Um, but it was a senior executive who was reading from a script. It took three minutes. So basically, you got a Zoom meeting invite. Three minutes later, you find out that you're out of a job. Um, you know, it, the way I would view it is Chesky sending an email. And then saying you're going to get a calendar alert if you've been selected for layoffs, um, that gives people a bit more privacy to process a very difficult experience in their own way. Um, you know, like I said before, Airbnb structured this whole process to be as easy as possible for the employees suffering through an unwanted event. Even when it's still not going to be easy for them, they were trying to make it as least difficult as possible. Uh, contrast that to Zoom, which clearly made it look like they were structuring this as just a item to scratch off their to-do list. Let's get uh, the Zoom script read. Well, let's lay off the 3,000 people. Now we move on to meet our numbers. It was a terrible thing. It looked awful. Um, and it just, Weight Watchers has got an awful lot of flack for that. And... Like you said, Tom, I would remember Airbnb. I would still want to work at Airbnb, I think, if this is the sort of way they treat people, even when they're being shown the door. That's good. Weight Watchers, 
I can't imagine anybody who got laid off would ever think they'd want to go back when they had been treated uh, treated that way. And it's just um, it's a reflection of values and how you how you uh, treat your employees. I've been uh, reading and hearing a lot along the lines that it's in crisis that not only your true values appear, but also how you communicate and model or live those values. And I think, Matt, you've given us two very good examples of companies uh, who have gone in opposite directions. And I think the way they went are going to be remembered by not only their employees, but their other stakeholders for quite some time in the future. Um so uh, sorry for all the Weight Watcher employees that got riffed via a Zoom call. Should I, I, we should note also, Tom, the, the important thing that it was just a nameless, I believe, I haven't heard the name, a nameless executive who did this at Weight Watchers. It was the CEO who did this at Airbnb. And we all talk about tone at the top, and the CEO is the one who really has to shoulder the burden of being the leader. And Chesky did that even though it's a sucky thing to have to do. Um, but, uh, you know, he did it, and we can't say the same for Weight Watchers. Well, Matt, this has been a fascinating exploration of uh, not only living your values, but how your values, putting them into practice, can help uh, employees in a very difficult time, up to and including uh, being dislocated and laid off from a company. So uh, perhaps next week we're going to have something a little more uplifting. Uh, we shall see. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I hope you will join Matt and I again next week where we take up another topic, literally taking a deep dive to go into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related topic. If you have any questions, you can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you will stay safe out there and make wise decisions in this era of COVID-19. If you would give our podcast a shout out on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks again for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.